you know, but that just means it'll go viral and I'll listen to you because I'm like, God, this Jess chick, man, oh man. Welcome to Marketers Talking Marketing. Today we have Sandra joining us and this is honestly going to be a little more of a casual uh, interview just based on our pre-interview conversation and where it's where it's routing to. Speaking of routing, RevOps, I was on a call the other day with someone who runs like a marketing ops RevOps team and they were saying how they keep having to rebuild these reports over and over and over again because their marketing teams will ask for something totally different than what they actually need. And it's like, you know, how do we help marketers better understand data? And I'm, I'm saying that from a positive spin because I almost said marketers don't know shit about data and analytics and he was getting frustrated with it, <laughs> which is also um, empathizable. But I think, you know, RevOps, right? They're, they really specialize in the whole data spectrum. They live their lives often in Excel spreadsheets. You know, they're probably competing for the Excel World Cup, the financial modeling World Cup, which is um, Excel into an eSport. <laughs> but... What do you, what do you, I'll link, link in bio for that link in description. Um, but what, have you ran into that? What do you think? I know we've talked to UTM tracking, kind of getting started, but yeah, I thought, I feel like you've probably been in similar conversations to that. Yes, definitely. And thanks Jess for having me. Um, my God, so many of these. So the last two companies that I joined did no tracking. So I came in. And, you know, kind of you start your audits and you're like, what's working? What's not working? Yeah. Show me the numbers. Show me the conversions. You know, show me the marketing source revenue. You're like, nothing. And there was no tracking. <laughs> They're like, well, you know, we did this event here. We went, we, you know, we did this webinar there. And I think, you know, these things work really well. People show up. And I'm like, okay, but, you know, with the ROI, no one has a clue, right? Yeah. Um, so at both of these companies, I very simply kind of started at the bottom with implementing UTM tracking. And you and I have kind of been talking about oh, this because- Love a UTM it's parameter. A hundred percent. But it's one of those things that I guess you and I kind of take for granted. We're like, yeah, of course, you know, you're tracking. Um, so many companies don't use it. It's very, very, Sandra, very surprising. I, story time. I, I know we're like a minute into the podcast. I did an influencer marketing campaign with a company with an app on not- not marketing. I do a little fitness influencer stuff on the side. And they had sent me the link to use to track users registered from my, my profiles. And the link was UTM for TikTok as a source. And I was like, hey, you know, I'm also going to use it on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Do you want me to update those before they go? They're like, no, 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 don't change anything. I was like, yeah, but it all says TikTok. It's all UTM source TikTok. And they're like, yeah, that's correct. Like, but it's not going on TikTok. They're like, no, 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 don't change anything. Our analytics people get really upset if you touch the UTM parameters. You have to just, they call them UTM parameters, said the URL. But don't touch, don't change anything. It'll mess up our tracking. It has to be exactly like that. I'm like, okay, so I'm going to put this on Instagram and it's going to say TikTok is where it's coming from. So then I imagine, because, <clears throat> I'm not the only person that they're working with. So I just imagine that someone's looking at their analytics and saying, wow, TikTok is driving so many registrants. We should really invest more in TikTok. And it's like, no, you're not differentiating between anything. I mean, maybe someone will know say only have registrants from TikTok. 
<laughs> but it's like, guys, like you're a marketer. You're giving me the wrong thing here. It was a little bit of a like, oh no. <laughs> moment. It's such a disaster. I mean, they couldn't have saved themselves so much money, right? Because for example, with your, with your TikTok, right? Let's say your TikTok doesn't convert, but your Instagram really, yeah. really does. And you charge them way more money for both than you would for one or the other. And they just don't know which one is more profitable. So they're just going to continuously pay yeah. for both when in reality it's your Instagram that's bringing in the money. It's just it's just waste of money. Honestly, it's waste of yeah. money. And it's not, I always do a little Google spreadsheet with formulas in it. So put your URL in and then you got your drop down to also restrict it so that people aren't creating their own UTM sources or mediums. Um, just the drop downs and it gives you your URL. You know, like that's not too hard to send out to your influencers and say, hey, when you put this on your different channels, you know, select the one or like here's your your urls for it but yeah it, it's a lot i think it's a it's a prevalent problem that people don't leverage utms as well as they should or as often i lost that sentence as i was following <laughs> utms are you, you know i wrote it. a 25 page guide to utm parameters once in my early 20s yes. i was that person <laughs> And so, all right so you got so you come into a company they got nothing right they're gonna want you to give them you know high level insights and recommendations and your cmo dashboard reporting on all these metrics that don't exist what do you yeah. do what's your first step honestly first step is i'm covering that as a problem but that's number one um and what I have done, I guess in three instances specifically, is created my UTM Bible or playbook. I just kind of laid out what are UTMs? Why do we need them? And I think once you explain it, everyone is completely on board, right? Completely on board. So then I just create this UTM Bible, UTM playbook, and we upskill the entire team. Everyone who's already there, any new hire, how to use them, when to use them. And then what's most important for step two is to have a really good CRM, right? So that everything is trackable and nothing is stripped because that also happens so the last three companies i worked at um invest heavily into rev ops right a good rev ops person yeah. is worth their weight in gold it's so so important because you kind of need both of those right um so let's dive a little bit deeper into to utms right for for people who are listening right now who are like you guys keep talking about it but you're not explaining what it is uh, exactly how you how you do it please help me um so I think the reason you use UTMs, right, is, is so that you really do understand kind of your, your channels, your sources, and I call them types. So for example, um, with you, right, with with kind of the sponsorship you did, you want to know that um, all your traffic came from paid social. But that is really large still, right? Because paid social can be paid LinkedIn, it can be paid Twitter, it can be um, paid TikTok, um, it can be any of the, the social media. So you want to know that it's paid social, but then you want to go more granular and you want to know it's paid social, but in reality, it's paid Instagram. And they can go even more granular and see what was it on Instagram, right? Was it a video that someone did? Was it an image someone did, right? You can go so, so granular. So I come from the world of B2B SaaS, so obviously we do it slightly different. But um, for example, when I do campaigns on LinkedIn, I want to make sure I'm tracking it, right? So I'm putting in that it's paid social. I'm putting in specifically it's paid LinkedIn. And then I go more granular and I say, okay, so what is the ad? Is it a brand video? Is it a case study? And are you is using UTM content for that or UTM campaign? Um, Depends. So it really depends on the company I've been in. So 
One might say UTMs are flexible. One might say it's not. I say they are flexible <laughs> um, because it very much, again, depends on how your CRM is set up and how trackable it is, whether or not you use HubSpot or you use Salesforce. I don't want to make it too complicated, but HubSpot kind of has a lot of rules within their own CRM. So when you upload it, the way it tracks it doesn't really align very often with kind of how Google provides the UTM parameters. Um, so it kind of depends your system and how your RevOps team or marketing ops team works. But um, I do like to kind of use every single kind of option that I have available. So I, I will put in the campaign. I will make it as specific as when I go on LinkedIn, I will make it as specific as this is part of a retargeting campaign. And within that retargeting campaign, this is a case study from January of 2023, right? So that oh, I yeah. know everything right i yeah. know that it i know that it's linkedin i know that it's a paid channel right i know that it was my retargeting campaign specifically uh and i know that you know it was a case study from january and i know that performed very well at that point in time because a case study in january might do really well but come june or july the world has changed so much that it might yeah. not work at all anymore, right? Uh, and I think that's really important to be able to kind of really track those specifics. Yeah, you know, I feel like UTM parameters are like the entry gate, like the the entry. Yeah, I, I combined two words into one there. Like UTM parameters are really like a gateway drug to attribution eventually, but there's so much that you can actually do if you're using UTM parameters well. Um, and one thing I, you touched on. I want to reiterate is making sure that if let's say you're using HubSpot, when you have a webinar landing page on that HubSpot, that form, that landing page with your HubSpot form, make sure that you pass your UTM parameters back through, make hidden fields for your UTM parameters to push them into your CRM. Because if you're only getting to that landing page, there's a ton you can do in Google Analytics, but getting all that data back to your CRM is such a great source. Uh, question of the hour though. Are you using UTM parameters on offline sources? Do you create your own UTM parameters for those, for like a list you might upload from an event? I do, yes. So any any list upload we do, all of UTM parameters. I will not have anything uploaded that I don't know where it came from because it means I'm one of those people, right, that you talked about in the beginning that doesn't know what's working or why it's working. I need to know where I'm spending my money, right? I know which yeah. channels are most successful for me and where I want to kind of up the investment and where, where I maybe want to back down a little bit or or change strategies. And if yeah. I'm uploading a list and I don't have the UTM parameters in it, three months from now, I'm going to be like, where did this lead come from? And I have no details. I won't know. And it might have been a very extensive sponsorship that I did for a summit that, that they just gave me the list, right? I need to know that it was that summit that gave me those leads that are converting really, really well. Yeah, Google should hire you to be an influencer, a UTM influencer. I am available. Yeah, I'm available. Do you know what UTM stands for? Oh yeah, it's. I think it's Urchin Tracking Module. I love that yeah. you asked me this. Erlikin, um, Urch. It's some guy, some guy who made its last is name. Is it a guy? I think it's a guy. Is it like Erlikin? Urchin, know, right? Urchin is it? You know, it, let's just uh, Urchin Tracking Module. I think. Let's just all learn together. What does UTM stand for? <laughs> Universe? No, that's not it. That's not it. <laughs> urchin. 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 Where'd it go? Where'd it go? I just saw it. I just saw it. I just saw it on here. 
urchin. Or, oh, right there in the bold text that I can't read. Urchin. I mean, this is so small for me. I just assumed that this was like a person who did it. We're getting real Joe Rogan podcast here, sharing screens and stuff. And I don't know how to unshare it. We're going to make it here. Stop. Oh, there we are. Like, um, <laughs> get, we'll get stuck in get stuck in like a quick little little uh kaleidoscope i don't know the words i'm looking Love for it. with it um blah, blah, blah. so do you so utm tracking you're all in on it you're tracking offline sources it sounds like you also have everyone in the company really also use are your reps like your your bdr scr their outbound emails are they using tracking parameters in it is this a company-wide initiative at this point yeah. So for specific things, for example, we do really, really fun virtual line events. And obviously marketing team does most of the inviting, but we do have the sales team inviting some of their kind of prospects. So we have an individual individual personal UTM for every single rep so that we know exactly oh, nice. how these people came into our database. But also it means that, you know, after the event takes place, we know that, you know, this was Jess's lead, right? Let's hand it back to Jess. So she can now convert them and make sure that they become customers. Oh, so you're also potentially using it for kind of lead routing at that point. Yeah, oh, for sure. I like that. Yeah. Uh, I used to, back in the day, uh, I was an early Twitter user and I had a bit of a following. And so I would add myself as a lead source, <laughs> as a UTF source. I love that. Um, but I, yeah, I've put in then, you know, maybe if I get enough, some, some, I've, I think of myself, someone's going to look at their data and be like, who is <laughs> Jess Barr's Twitter? <laughs> like, why is, why is Jess Barr's Twitter enough traffic to like show on our top 10 sources? What is this? No one ever reached out to me, but I like to think that someone got a chuckle out of it somewhere. Oh, I'm a hundred percent sure someone somewhere is like. Who is she and why is this so effective? So they have to they have to make their own little they have to go and put the data into Excel and then go and combine all the Twitter and Jespar Twitters together to to standardize and clean up the data because I messed it all up. Honestly, we do this to our CEO. Like I've done it to previous companies or our entire C suite. And when we have events, we're really curious to see if everyone sharing it on their like LinkedIn is effective or not, right? Yeah. And then if it is effective, I really want to understand whose LinkedIn is most yeah. effective. I've definitely done it in the past with the C-suite and just we we checked back and whichever, you know, people got the most registrations, we just made sure to focus our attention on those for the next few events. And the people with zero, like not to be rude, but we're like, you know, we're not going to put yeah. down attention yeah. on their social media sorry. accounts. No annual bonus anymore. Gone. No bonus for you. No, sorry. No bonus. You're not popular mm -mm. online. It's <laughs> interesting because that's one of the big selling points of tools like Bamboo from Strout Social. Um, LinkedIn used to have LinkedIn Elevate, which I will die on the hill of. It was the best employee advocacy social media for your employees tool ever. And they killed it. They rolled some select features into pages, but they they murdered it. But the big one of the big selling points for a lot of those is that you could track on the employee level who's driving engagement. I remember I, cause I rolled it out at like three different companies and I would present internally and say, you can also see in your department, we're going to have a leaderboard. And so you can actually see if you share a blog post and that blog post gets traffic and let's say they come back and they sign up for the newsletter, you're going to be able to see that. And we're going to give you swag. We're going to give you marketing, retired marketing swag. Cause we're going to throw it out if we don't give it away anyways. Uh, but we're going to incentivize it. 
and we had a channel manager uh and he was aggressive with it and so he was he told his i think he had like four or five like cams and he's like i want to see every week activity from you and whoever's on the leaderboard once a month gets like a 500 hundred dollar gift card it was it was a lot and he was so competitive with it. And he's like, when they share the stats for the company, I want you guys to be the top people on there and pushed it so heavily because they could track and see it. And I was like, that is, um, and it was probably one of the key, I would say it was one of the key components that made those programs successful is being able to gamify it internally because those stats were tracked. And we would find everyone's on. We had a, a secret internal influencer that we didn't know about who was actually driving engagement. Never had an opportunity Amazing. directly sourced from it. Mm, take that back because I've seen opportunities sourced from social. It wasn't from like the blog content and the company posts that were going out through it. But I've seen it. I've seen many opportunities sourced from like comments on LinkedIn, that side. We actually. I mean, it's not similar at all, but something fun because I do think, you know, it's like not similar at all, but it's still like it relates to this. I'm going to tell it anyway. Um, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> so I definitely think that, you know, your own employees are the best for brand awareness. And because most of them have a big network of your ICP, right? Um, so what we do is we have a lot of ungated content as well, more than dimension route. And we have a lot of ungated content that we want them all to share. So whenever we bring out a new guide, we kind of do this marketing takeover internally now. And at the end of the takeover, so we, we talk about the piece of content. We, we explain to them why it's interesting, why they should care about it. Because if you just, you know, release it, let's be real. Your sales team doesn't read it. They don't care. Yeah. So yeah. what we do, we make it kind of fun. And then at the end of it, we say, right now, open up your LinkedIn and go share, go like, and go comment. And if you're done with it, you can collect ads bucks. So you're going to be like, what the hell are ads bucks? Um, it's this summer called bonus league and i'm wildly advertising them now um it's so fun so we call them bets box but it's bonus play so they get like a hundred bets box every time they share something on social media um, i'm giving oh. away all the stuff now and it's not a hundred dollars right it, does, it, does, it was totally direct but it's like 10 bucks so you get a good amount of money for you know reposting and engaging with with kind of like social media so in a way it's kind of gamifying in a bit like you're getting paid to post and it works really, really well because there is a real ROI there, right? Because everyone in their network sees our awesome content and our content is killer. Where, what do they use their bets bucks on? Oh, you can. So on that platform, you can. So someone bought a Peloton bike. Shut. How many LinkedIn posts do I need to share to get a Peloton bike? What? <laughs> you also get it for like your birthday. My birthday's coming up. So I just got a bunch of bets bucks. Um, or if uh, you have a work anniversary, like someone who's been at the company for seven years, they get a lot of bed bugs. What's um, what anything like that? Lady? Yeah, bonus. You're gonna be like oh, immediately. Okay. Uh, sidetrack from our current topic. I have a future trend prediction in marketing. All okay. the shit that you did in elementary school to try and get kids to like do their homework, I think it's all coming back because I got invited to a scholastic a scholastic book fair for adults. Did you have Scholastic? Because you are you did not grow up in the U.S. You did not. I did okay. not. No. Oh my God! So you missed this wonderful experience when you were a kid. They would have a book fair, and Scholastic was the company, and they would come in and they would give you a catalog ahead of time, and it was like printed on recycled paper, like thin paper, and super colorful, and it would, it would show you like the different books. And they would have kits too. There'd be like a a makeup kit or like a science kit. 
and they'll give you the pricing. And so you could, you could shop ahead for, and you could order stuff ahead. Uh, but you would go and there'd be books everywhere and all these like cool pens and pencils and they're bringing them back for adults. And I was like, that's kind of weird. And then I was on Instagram and someone shared a picture of like their journal and they had a pen and it had like French fries on top of it and little like burgers floating. And I was like, what is that? And she sent me a link and she got on Scholastic. And so they're bringing book fairs back there. I'm in this group workout thing and we get stars when we show up to class we have like a little chart with stars on it. And so now I just think back to being, I'm sure at some point I had a class where we got fake currency for like getting good grades and stuff that we could then spend on like little <clears throat> tchotchkes in the classroom. Bring it all back. Adults are just kids. It's, I love that. I, I will you, I'm hundred percent going to use that platform. You should honestly, like we all love rewards. Yes. I oh, love it. I think that's why I like also working with sales teams is I feel like it's very easy to like, I know what motivates them money. <laughs> so we're like, Hey, we need, 100%. we need our BDRs to invite people to an event. Whoever gets the most invites is going to like the top three people get lunch this week. Or like, if you can get five people to register to attend the webinar, you're going to get lunch on us. You know, it's very like straightforward. You have other teams like engineers, what motivates them? The intrinsic joy of building things. Like, I don't know. Can it be money? It's too smart it's, for us. <laughs> it's so much easier. Can I, can I just give you money for this thing? Like, it's it's much more transactional. I love it. Yeah. Are you also using any other reporting tools? Or are you mainly like analyzing your data in spreadsheets, maybe, maybe spreadsheets, spreadsheet or two? Well, so at the moment, yes, a lot of it is in spreadsheets, but we're working with a company agency who's currently cleaning up our CRM and, and making sure that I have all my dashboards right there in HubSpot and Salesforce. Like I really don't need a lot of it outside of that. I am yeah. able to do most of my tracking just right in there. And yeah, I do pull stuff into spreadsheets. I'm kind of known for my end of month reporting. The teams I work with kind of hate, love it. Oh, I know. Because it's, it's like it's a, so thorough it's a and fancy. <laughs> yeah, it kind of takes time, right? Um, it takes a bit of time. It, it's more thorough at the end of the quarter, but we definitely also do it monthly. Because let's go back. Let's go back to the UTN, right? You're tracking everything. And then we're also, because we're supposed to be talking about metrics and tracking, right? Um, I think maybe, maybe not. And catamarans. Um, Yes. And catamarans and your beautiful visor <laughs> and scholastic, um, yeah. which I'm not sad I never got to. I will send you of. links. Although, I'm gonna send you some links. Yeah. Oh my god, please. Yeah, I was gonna say links. my my toddler gets virtual like scholastic book fair, so I just get a link for my <sighs> toddler where they like order book. So yeah. it's not entirely what you described, but yeah. I do get a link. There's a very specific smell that they would have too. I think because of all the books and stuff, but they'd always, I, I, I can't describe it, but if I smelt it, I would, I would recognize it as book fair smell. It's interesting. You mentioned Salesforce reporting. Cause that's actually the, the place I always tell marketers to start, especially because your sellers are in there. Your sales leadership is in there. The company's usually in there. And so if you can get all of your marketing performance data, where your sales team is living, it's going to help really them see your performance every day, get on the dashboards. If marketing activity isn't on your pipeline dashboard, like that's a problem. That's a problem for internal alignment. So I'm a huge fan 
of sales dashboards for marketing reporting to really just help drive alignment and show that like we know the shit too you know we're here with you on it yeah but it's so easy also i mean let's talk about you can track how many leads are coming in you can track how many mqls right came in for the month or the quarter you can track in how many sqls how many opportunities which means you can also track the conversion rate and then you can create campaigns you can pull lists and see based on your tm parameters right what were your most successful sources what were your most successful campaigns and I also like to look at, I call them types, which is just the type of form fill. That's really what I mean by it, right? Like, was it a demo request? Was it a webinar sign up? Was it a content download? Like anything like that. Did they, you know, sign up for a newsletter? What, what is the type of form fill? You have all that information right in there because of your UTM. And you just need one source of truth across the company. I think that's probably the best advice I can give someone. You just need one source of truth, right? Because yeah. I we we don't just do top of funnel marketing, right? You also want to make sure you do some type of sales enablement, which means I want to know all the marketing source leads that I brought in. Where do they get stuck in the funnel? Are they just stuck in opportunity and yeah. they just don't convert to closed one? What can I do at that point, right? Do you need a case study? What are the industries mostly stuck and what are the industries mostly moving along? I can make a case specifically for that. Or I can do a lower funnel webinar, right? What is what is the objection right there? Why are they stuck? I can make a, a webinar specifically for that audience. If you're tracking all correctly, that'll help so much. Yeah. Just timestamping how long something is stuck at what point in the funnel. Are my marketing leads not converting because no one follows up on them? <laughs> like, oh my god, that's what it is. Also, are, that yeah, is my is it shit because you guys aren't doing anything with it? I love being in conversations where sales like, we need more leads. I'm like, you have 50 people that registered the last webinar that attended, that asked questions and were engaged. Have you emailed them? Like, have you reached out to them? Because I can see, because of time stamping, like seeing that the speed to lead and then the days and stage between when they get, get ingested. And sometimes it can be like not throwing sales under the bus with this. I've also found situations where I was like, my leads aren't getting followed up with what's going on. Oh, our alerting turned off magically. <laughs> like there, yeah. there can also be no, but systems that does issues happen. with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Brings me back to RevOps worth their weight in gold because you yeah. need a good RevOps person in your company or a good team preferably or a good agency to work with because that has happened to us. We have people coming in literally looking to hire. They want to sign up for our for a platform connect. And they're just stuck because it wasn't alerting the sales team. So we're literally going in manually to look and see how many leads came in that are looking to hire actively that haven't been followed up on. It's not the sales team fault. It's just because our CRM wasn't set up. The automation was turned off or something like that, which again, I said at the start, we need, you need a good RevOps team. You need a good good RevOps manager or agency. It's so, so important for marketing as well as sales and for us to just work well together because I've seen so many marketing teams just get upset because they don't think sales is doing their job and vice versa. Like you said, sales are like, where are my leads? You know, they're all shit. Um, We're like, actually, we're bringing in good stuff. There's just, you know, all this communication. Yeah. Or like, you don't know how to read the data that's coming in. And so you're following up with irrelevant content. But if you like look at the, I, I, a lot of time on like how to read, how to read it. If this is the campaign name, you know, because I think everyone's got nomenclatures. <laughs> so this is what it means for where they came from. Here's their touches. So what do you have? You know, we're wrapping it up. A few minutes left. Do you have a favorite tool in your tech stack right now? Aside from UTMs? Um, yeah, I mean, I got 
this is semi-unrelated maybe, but I love Monday.com, which is a project management tool. Um, and that's really how I manage the team. We put everything in Monday.com. So everything that we have coming up for the week, the month, the quarter, it's all in there. Um, we put in specifically like the campaigns. We put in literally the details as to what emails going out to what audience, like every single thing is in there. And it's just really easy to kind of just manage the team that full visibility into what's going on. Yeah. And also if someone's off sick or offline on vacation, we know exactly what they were working on. All the kind of links and docs are all in there so we can just pick up where they left off. And it's also good, again, when I'm looking at my end of month reporting or anything like that, and I can't quite remember UTM fell off, I can just go in there and be like, what happened on that date? It's so easy for me to not go back to that. Oh, that email literally went out to that audience on that date. And I can kind of fill in the, the missing information just awesome. to bring it back to tracking, you know? Yeah, love it. Uh, well, thank you everyone for joining us. If you want to connect, links will be in the show notes below. If you're listening on audio and you want to see the video, go over to YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube and you don't want to see our faces, it's too late. You watch the whole episode. <laughs> so sorry. Yeah. You know, this hat is available on Amazon. If anyone needs it, I'll link in by link in description for that too. Um, Thank you so much, though, for joining us today. And we'll see everyone on the next episode. Bye.